Escape from Plan A. Hey listeners, this is Teen. This is your escape from plan A. Uh, I'm doing, I'll just, you know what, for now, because of the coronavirus stuff, I'll just skip all the housekeeping and all the stuff about the Patreon, etc, etc. You know where to find it. There's a Patreon link in the show notes. Um, So I've got a guest today, a friend from uh, Asian leftist Twitter. Uh, (laughs) uh, Let's... You know, uh, Shin, how's it going? I got Shin. I got Shin on the line with me. How's it going, man? Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm more or less self isolating in my apartment right now, so that's been fun. I have a lot more time now because uh, I don't have anything to do <laughs> for the next couple of days. Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, hope, same here, you? man. I'm just hold up. Um, you can find Shin mm. online at your handle is Reclaim Korea, right? Yes, yes, it is Reclaim Korea. Okay. Uh, I, I, I extended an invitation to you a while back, and I think maybe it was good that we sat on it for a little while, because this is this is the, a better time to be talking about Oh, yeah, stuff. for sure. <laughs> yeah, I know that you were very busy with podcast episodes. I have been kind of busy with schoolwork, so uh, yeah, what better time than now when everyone has to stay inside? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, the reason I asked Shin to come on is just because uh, I, well, one, I'm, I'm a huge fan of... I'm very fond of Asian leftist Twitter for various reasons, and same. I, uh, you're you're rather new to Twitter, right? You, I, I saw you come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started around like the summer, and I didn't expect to blow up. But I made like a, a thread about why I wasn't uh, thankful for U.S. intervention in Korea, and that just blew up. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm staying here now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get, you get you you can actually get traction on Twitter with. Um, I mean, not huge numbers, but who cares? Because I mean, for me, I'm I, I'm I'm more quality over quantity. Like, I'm, oh, I'm, for sure. Yeah, like I just want to make sure my Twitter circle are people that I actually give a shit about in terms of like what they're saying. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Same here. It's it's like I have a very low tolerance for like uh, bad takes. So um, it's yeah, I keep my circles close. Uh, on Asian leftist Twitter, and there's some very solid people um, on Asian leftist Twitter, and then of course there are some very weird people who I uh, I can't say I'm like worried for them because I don't know them, but like you know they should probably step outside, you know, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Though 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 maybe if if the discourse on on Twitter gets better, maybe they it'll it'll be of some use. You know what I mean? Uh, who knows? Yeah, for sure. But um, I, I, you know, I saw you. You put out a tweet just saying, you know, in the past few days, that you know, you, you've, you, you, you got a, a bump in followers and stuff, probably related to just the sheer amount of fuckery that's going on out there. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, you you introduced yourself on Twitter and you kind of described um your sort of political background. And I'm, yeah, I'm sure I'm big on especially because you're 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 a you're, you're a young guy. I mean, I'm I'm an old guy, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm very you know just things were not like this when I was uh, coming up, and I'm just super interested. Yeah, for sure. Primarily, I mean, we will talk about. I w- I really want to get into your your thoughts about international affairs and history of Korea oh, sure. and your political views. But I I also want just briefly describe. Um, you know your re- your you know the main thrust of what you're trying to say on Twitter, and what I'm really interested in is how you got to that position. How did you form yeah. those ideas? Yeah, sure, that's a great question. Um, so I started off. Um, so I guess like my main message is uh, from a Korean perspective, from a pro-Korean perspective, which uh, what I which is what I consider to be, I guess my uh, a lot of my like I- ideology, I guess I I don't know, but um, the main idea behind being pro Korean is that it, we recognize that we Korean Americans and Korean diaspora have a homeland in Korea and like in the Korean Peninsula, 
And we should not only be cognizant of that, but we should be fighting for the interests of our homeland. Um, more specifically, uh, in the issue of national reunification, the issue of independence in Korea. Um, I'm just trying to think of other issues uh, right off the bat. Uh, the conservatives in South Korea are another huge problem, uh, which I can go on for days about. Um, but as for how I got to where I am, um, I was actually pretty radicalized at a young age, um, politically speaking. I've always been like a very socialist uh, type of person, like a very socialistic person. Um, my family all comes from a very conservative province of uh, South Korea. Um, it's actually the si the area that got hit by the coronavirus really hard when it first hit South Korea. Um, uh, luckily, they're doing okay because they're not involved in any weird cults or anything. But and they've all like stayed inside. But um, <clears throat> I grew up with that kind of family, um, and I was taught a lot of. I think a lot of Asian Americans could relate to this. They get taught a certain kind of narrative uh, growing up. And um, for me, I was taught the typical, uh, this idea of uh, South Korea was leading this holy struggle against communism. Uh, and Ameri if it wasn't for American help, we would be uh, living under fat rocket man uh you know, breaking rocks for the rest of our lives. Right. And we would be slaves to the North Koreans and the Chinese or whatever. And I believe that wholeheartedly growing up. Uh, but then I kind of was looking Sorry, at Sorry, just Korea. to clarify, growing up in, in America? Is yes, in the United States. Okay. Yeah, growing up in the United States. Um, and it was a mixture of different things, uh, especially when I got into college. Um, that really made me start focusing on Korea more. So growing up in the United States, I actually had a very multicultural background. I didn't grow up around a lot of Korean Americans. My parents actually taught me English first because they figured if we're going to be living in the United States, we should teach him Korean first and I mean English first, and then we can teach him Korean and the culture, which they did right after. Um, and, uh, I'm just trying to like... And so uh, I didn't really ha grow up around a lot of Korean Americans uh, until I, my family and I started going to church. Um, but even then, like, I had a pretty rough time just being, like, not the your typical normie Korean Christian uh, church oppa who plays worship every week. I'm not one of those people, so... Uh, I didn't really fit in very well. Um, so, sorry, so, and I want to I want to ask you there. So when you you're this is when you're pretty young, right? Uh, yeah, fairly young. And, like and in so high school. I I might be able to relate to this a little bit, but like I, I'm assuming that this wasn't about your political beliefs at that point. Were you just sort of like a rebellious kid? Is that what was going on, or you know, it's it's a mix. I think like I was pretty interested in political affairs from a very young age. Um, simply because, like, I just, like, my parents always had the news on, and I would just be seeing, like, different things coming from around the world. Um, and my parents would also notice things, too. Like, my mom was, my mom's not a very political person, but I remember one of the things that she told me when I was growing up was, uh, when the Iraq war started, she was watching Fox News, and these people were just going apeshit over any, like, footage of, like, Iraqis getting bombed like these people were like oh yeah gung-ho hell yeah and oh, you know, yeah. she's just like she's just like what the fuck is wrong with these people like, <laughs> uh -huh. like, like I thought war is like the thing we were trying to avoid but apparently not um and then that's but uh shock and awe the shock and awe era I mean it was it was frightening oh, yeah I mean they still kind of believe in it but um yeah and then but it was also just being a rebellious kid uh everyone was into uh when I was growing up, everyone was into, like, basketball and the NBA, and Jeremy Lin uh, was exploding because he was, like, you know, scoring, like, half-court shots uh, live, and everyone was kind of uh, losing their shit over it. At church, they wouldn't stop talking about him. Like, before worship, they were, like, saying, we should be like Jeremy Lin in his faith, and I'm just like, ugh. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, yeah. you, like, bro, like, this is literally consuming product, like, the worship session, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a mixture of both. Um, and then 
I guess, like, as I got more interested in my own history, I studied up on it, and I kind of realized that what I was taught about Korea is kind of bullshit. Um, like, my main argument uh, these days uh, as Reclaim Korea is, you know, we've talked for, ye- for years to politicians in South Korea and their puppet masters in the United States have talked about how uh, we had to fight communism because it's uh, it's it's we're going to be enslaved if we don't, and we're going to be miserable if we don't. And it's like okay, you can have a political disagreement over communism and socialism. I get that, right? Like not everyone is going to be like some kind of you know a red guard of sorts. But the problem is, what exactly are these conservatives trying to conserve? Right. This has been a, 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 this has actually been like a topic of discussion even in the right wing in America. But like, what exactly are we fighting communism for? If the reality of South Korea is a pretty black pilling reality, I mean, don't get me wrong. The coronavirus reaction was pretty great, but in terms of social like society, social cohesion, um, the idea of uh, giving a shit about one another. Um, and this brain rot that anti-communism has brought about, right? Um, if you look at South Korea today, our, the birth rates in South Korea are lower than even Japan's, which is funny because Japan gets clowned on for having an insanely low birth rate. Um, and Koreans are they, growing up there either want to kill themselves or move out, <laughs> you know, because uh, the only yeah, job, I there aren't that, many that's jobs a, that's there. A, yeah, that's a really interesting. I don't know too much about what's going on in in South Korea. Obviously, um, me being um, Chinese American, but like, I've I've heard this a lot that there is a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is, but like, uh, th- th- there's a lot of despair among the youth in Korea, from what I understand, which is yeah a bit at odds with they- the sort of weeboo culture that's grown up. That's that the Koreaboo <laughs> culture that's come around, and and everyone thinks that South Korea is this, you know. Um, they think it's going to be an episode of Crash Landing into You, you know. Yeah, and there's a social reality that I think <laughs> or, is is missing or, uh, there, and even even flowers. with like Parasite, which which seemed to be a sort of uh, yeah. social commentary that at least seemed to get at a little bit of this. It it didn't seem to really that part of it didn't seem to really ring ring or resonate with the popular Western conception of South Korea as being kind of. There's a lot of despair going on there. Is that am I, do I have yeah. that right or no? No, that's true. Uh, Korean Koreans have a term for uh, South Korea. They call it Hell Joseon. I mean, that's what they call it now. Mm. And a lot of them are desperate to leave. Um, they're basically it's insanely competitive there uh, to the point where if you don't get into a a very high ranking university, you're pretty much treated like shit for the rest of your life. And you know, that's a seg you essentially into parasite and people living in like sub basement apartments, semi basement apartments. I I don't know, but the the apartment that like the main characters of uh, parasite lived in that that's, uh, but yeah, I mean the, the conception uh, of, the disparity between the despair uh, and the conception of Korea, it's not surprising to me because uh, Hollywood was actually more or less artificially developed by South Korea in order to uh, increase its cultural clout around the world. And it it worked. Hollywood mean, being this worked. phenomenon, uh, the Korean wave, the uh, the the, the yeah, exactly. onslaught of Korean popular music, films, and other and other things that have really taken the West yeah, by storm. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah, K-pop, BTS, Parasite, Crash Landing onto You, Blackpink, all those people, all the all that that like that's all a part yeah. of it. But it definitely start. It actually pretty much started in the '90s when uh, South Korea, the government, started privatizing the media. Um, in an attempt to create more cultural products to essentially spread to the rest of the world. And on one hand, it's a bittersweet feeling for me personally, because on one hand, it's great to see BTS everywhere. Um, I actually, I actually like Blackpink a lot. So, uh, hearing their music, uh, you know, (laughs) hearing their music, uh, in, in like on the radio sometimes is, is kind of nice. Uh, I was kind of mad when it, when they played the song in to all the boys I love the oh, yeah. sequel. Um, <laughs> Chris told me like, about that. I heard they stripped all the, he told me that Chris told me that they stripped all the Korean 
Or maybe <laughs> actually Philip was the one who pointed it out to Chris, but he said that they basically stripped out all the Korean lyrics and just left the English parts or something. Or I mean, the actress isn't even Korean. That's the funniest part. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. She's, I mean, like, uh, like she's not even. I mean, it's supposed to be a film about like a Korean, uh, like a like a mixed race Korean girl falling in love with these uh, people. But like the main actress isn't even like Korean, and the, yeah, of course, like the song is insanely sanitized, uh, which I think is hilarious. But uh, yeah, I mean that that it, it's uh, it, it's bittersweet because it's like on one hand you I, I like having you know my culture's music being played uh and people having some kind of interest in it but at the same time it's you have a lot of people who uh have these weird ideas about korea um and uh it, it makes me want to write a letter to like president moon jae-in be like yo you should uh we should screen like who comes into this country more strictly <laughs> like you know it's like uh yeah i i don't know if he'll ever read my letter um but I, it makes me kind of you know think what what other ideas do we like what other hope do we have um at the but and then at the same time i kind of wish like these people would come to korea because then like the only thing they could do is like deliver like jajangmyeon because like nobody <laughs> wants to hire them and they're gonna be like lonely and they're gonna like beg to the u.s embassy to take them back <laughs> <laughs> so there so, there is yeah. a, there is a sense of a uh korean nationalism in you that you see the north as not as fundamentally separate but I mean, oh no! Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I gather that's animating a lot of your thoughts about about politics on the peninsula. Yeah. Is, is is that is that concept? Because I mean, Korea as a as a culture has been it's you know many thousands of years old, but like the the division between north and south is uh, a bit of like very. I mean, in the in the scale of things, is a very you know as oh, of late kind of modern. thing right so it's, it's 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 like 70 years compared to 3000 years right um nationalism you know it's interesting that you mentioned that uh i <coughs> i try to be careful when i talk about so like for example um i know that there's a tendency of koreans to uh there's like a discussion among korean diaspora folks about homogeneity um, because Korea has always been historically seen as an ethnically homogenous country, and there's some truth to that, in my opinion. Uh, but at the same time, I personally believe that uh, Koreans around the world um, should stand together um, under a, you know, a revolutionary socialist program. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess like nationalistic thinking does fuel a lot of how I perceive things, but at the same time, I try to be as inclusive as I can and promote some kind of pan-Korean ideology. Um, and and North Korea, yeah, uh, there's a lot of differences, obviously, between the South and the North, but ultimately they are my people too. Um, and this is the same kind of you know uh, a f- feeling that I would have towards. Uh, Ethnic Koreans in the U.S., ethnic Koreans in China, they call them Chosonjok, uh, ethnic Koreans in Japan, the Zainichi people, um, or Koryosaram, the, the ethnic Koreans in the former Soviet republics. Uh, all, like, they're all, you know, to me, uh, there is a sense of a bond that exists between me and um, other Korean diaspora folks, um, no matter what their background may be or their identities. Uh so, yeah, I mean, definitely, like, a love for my own people is something that does contribute to it. But I, I guess nationalism is kind of a tricky word because I don't want to come off as some kind of, um, you know, uh, ethnic chauvinist, who, you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to create, like, some kind of, like, pure, like, ethno-state in Korea type of deal. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to be, like, the Korean, like, equivalent to the alt-right, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I and I, I personally feel. I mean, a similar dynamic actually occurs among the Chinese, uh, in the sense that you could you could view. I mean, my family, uh, you know, left China during the Civil War to Taiwan, and Taiwan is essentially the South Korea of the Chinese quote nation, right? Like the oh, pretty much, yeah. And it's so it's very it's just different because our quote North Korea is China. And so it's <laughs> yeah, like mainland you know, China. It, yeah, it's gone a very different it. way. Um, but but the similar dynamic exists, and 
as someone who comes, whose family comes from Taiwan, but only in a sort of, um, you know, only one generation and sort of in a, you know, in that way, um, we're not considered Taiwanese in that sense. But the relationship is complicated in the sense that, you know, America to a large degree has been uh, for for a while now, uh, seen as a, I don't know if it's benevolent is the right word, but maybe more so benevolent in Taiwan than it was in South Korea. And I talked with Tim Shorak about this on oh, based. Yeah. He's, he's, he's great. I mean, he, 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 oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's pretty much like, I mean, I'd give him like a Korean card. <laughs> I think like, he has yeah, one. Like I think he has one. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, always, he's always in Annandale, Virginia, <laughs> eating Korean barbecue with like old Korean people watching Korean news. And oh shit. yeah. No, he's I love it. Like his, his posts about, um, his life up in like the DC, Maryland area is always entertaining in interspersed between like tweets, trash talking gordon chang and uh the conservatives <laughs> like i love his uh, profile yeah uh, uh, yeah he, he it was, yeah, it was a very but he, it was very eye-opening talking to him and mm. the the u.s presence from what i took from talking to him was a lot more fucked up for lack of a better phrase oh, uh than i would say that it was in taiwan up. because taiwan was never occupied in the same way and, yeah, for sure. You know the yeah. the KMT. The you know Taiwan, like South Korea, was a Japanese colony, but it seemed to me almost that the U.S. more or less had put the same sort of Japanese puppet government, you know, headed by Sigmund Rhee and 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 those kinds of politicians. They they essentially restored them, whereas in Taiwan it was the KMT that sort of like just took over. And so, yeah. but I would say that there's, yet, yet on the other hand, I would say that there is a parallel in that we were taught to believe that Taiwan is, was rich, was advanced, whereas China was backwards and corrupt and poor precisely because they allowed there to be a stronger relationship with America and the West. And that is a, uh, it is a it is a doctrine that has really ruled the day for as long as I can remember, and I think it applies mm. to Japan, South Korea, Singapore, Taiwan, and Hong Kong. And oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And I think that you know, they, I think they used to call it the tigers, the tiger economies. Yeah, the tiger, the four Asian tigers. Yeah. Yeah, and with Korea, I think it is particularly tricky because North Korea has been so marginalized in the international community mm. and so demonized that I find South Korea that sorry I find Koreans to have a particularly tough uphill battle uh, if if they have beliefs like yours against that mm. ruling doctrine if that makes any sense to you. Oh, for sure. It's not going to be a easy task to spread these kinds of ideas and to promote something new. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think luckily, uh, as I mentioned in the, the, the thread that you were, uh, that you were, uh, talking about when you introduced me, I was actually, I actually did touch upon, uh, president moon Jae-in and his limits. Um, I, I think, you know, as a liberal, he's uh, very limited in what he can do and, and in his scope of, I guess, like, what he can do. Uh, sorry if I, it doesn't sound like I'm making sense, but um, but the the situation in Korea, South Korea is really screwed up to the point where South Koreans essentially don't have autonomy. Like, the, the South Korean government does not have autonomy on a lot of certain issues. So... Uh, if you want to look at the nuclear negotiations between North Korea, the United States, and uh, South Korea, the whole uh, Kim Jong-un meeting, Moon Jae-in at the DMZ, uh, that started off really well. I mean, when I watched uh, Kim and Moon shaking hands, I almost cried because I've watched so many movies and documentaries about reunification and about the, the effects, the devastating effects that that's had on our people. And uh, that really affected me personally. Um, and then as you watch uh, the Hanoi talks fall apart, 
Um, and essentially South Korea has been put in a position where they can't do anything because there are so many sanctions put on North Korea by the United States and by the UN. Uh, There's something that people don't seem, I mean, that people tend to overlook is that the UN also has a lot of control in South Korea. I think the UN, I I forgot what it was called, but uh, the UN essentially has control of the DMZ um, in Korea. I'm not sure... Uh, let me see what it was called. It, yeah, the United Nations Command, I think, has like some kind of control, uh, some kind of control over the DMZ, the so demilitarized it, zone. It, it sounds Korea. like something that probably descended from the way the Korean War hit that, hit, you know, exactly. reached, reached a truce that they probably turned it over to UN control or something like that. Is my guess? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but essentially, uh, what happened was um, Moon Jae-in wanted to expand uh, cooperation with the North because. Uh, there's been a com- there a lot a huge conversation about reunification is whether it's feasible or not, which I think is a very fair uh, question to ask, because the countries, uh, you know, we are all Koreans, but the countries are so different now in terms of culture, economics, politics, um, and uh, one one thing that I think. You know, people can have their own answers to that question, but the first thing I think would that's important is to build confidence between these two countries, um, and that comes through things like economic projects, uh, linking infrastructure, uh, and, you know, uh, making actually demilitarizing the demilitarized zone, um, like the North and South Korean troops did uh, earlier when they met, shook hands, and started uh, taking down guard posts and uh, looking for uh, the remains of people who died in the DMZ during the war. Um, And Moon Jae-in wanted to do that. Uh, He actually wanted to link up the railroad system between North and South Korea. He wanted his, the government, the South Korean government actually wanted to send a train from South Korea, from Seoul, up through North Korea's rail system because South Korea's rail system is like leagues ahead of North Korea and the South Koreans wanted to, you know, send a train there to, you know, kind of do like a diagnosis of what what the problem is with uh, North Korea's uh, railway system and even though the South and North Koreans got to connect their railroads, uh, the U.S. basically kept cock-blocking a lot of these uh, cooperation projects. And because of that, Moon has been so limited in what he can do that North Korea lost its patience with uh, South Korea. And the, basically, North Korea has just been lambasting the southern government, even though South Korea keeps insisting on uh, talking to the North um, the North now is just focused on the United States because the United States has the most power in this situation, unfortunately, um, in terms of sanctions and their influence over um, South Korea, which I think is fairly sickening. But yeah, I, I, I gather uh, that Harry Harris probably had a hand in that in his uh, in his um, ja- his <laughs> you see. Sorry, as an aside, Harry Harris being the the U.S. ambassador to. Uh, Korea, and there was. Did you see that dust up over his um, over his mustache? <laughs> the dust up on his muscle. <laughs> I mean, there was this whole this gonna... whole thing that that in Korea people have been like, why why does Harry Harris, who's Japanese American, or at least I think he's half, uh, he he wears a, a mustache that makes him look a lot like. Oh yeah, wait yeah no he does uh yeah like there are a lot of like Korean independence movies where they fight against some kind of like. Korean guy who like collaborates with the Japanese. He has like the exact same like facial like hair. Yeah, um, I, you, you know it's funny, but like I was tweeting about this part. Okay, so so the story is that you know the 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 Korean ambassador, uh, sorry, the American ambassador to Korea, who's um, half Japanese American, um, appointed by Trump. Now he was the former Pacific leader of the Pacific Fleet, uh, is in Korea, and there was a social media thing about how this guy looks like. A Japanese imperialist because of the shape of his mustache, and the U- U.S. media was perplexed. They were like, "It was another one of these like Koreans are so weird kind of you know Asians are so weird kind of things." Like, can you believe that the Koreans are actually infuriated over a mustache? And I'm like, "This is the country where we have memes of cats with Hitler mustaches. Like, it's not <laughs> like it's not that hard to understand. The reason we don't understand it is because we don't." understand the symbolism that 
it circulates in Asia around always, the history. I always find it so funny when uh, foreign observers say that about Korea. Like, they're just like, why are Koreans so weird? And my question is usually, why are you in Korea? Like, if you think we're so weird, just get the hell out. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the funny thing, right? Conservatives in America always are like, if you want to complain about America, then why don't you just leave and go back to North Korea or China? Well, you know, so many of these, like, expats are complaining so much. Why don't they just go back home? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like, Donald Trump was saying that about the the, the squad. uh, and, And I'm just like, why don't right back at you, buddy? Like, if you don't. If you don't like South Korea so much, just get out. <laughs> yeah. I, okay, so a couple things I want to clarify here. Um, one is, what do you mean by Moon Jae-in is a liberal? And I see this distinction used on Twitter a lot between what a leftist is and what a liberal is. What, what sure. What's your distinction? So I think... I mean, I think the term leftist uh, has become too much of a blanket term. It it encompasses, like, a lot of people who have uh, radically left ideologies, the communists, the socialists, the anarchists. Um, Personally, I um, support, you know, I I personally subscribe to, like, a a Maoist ideology, a communist ideology. Um, But uh, liberal, I mean, liberalism, I I think, I like, I don't think I need to define it necessarily, but uh, Moon Jae-in... What I mean when he's when I say he's a liberal is that uh, he so South Korean liberalism is very different. From, I mean, it's kind of different from American liberalism. So you have the typical, uh, you know, democracy, human rights, uh, you know, uh, civil rights and liberties, blah blah blah. Um, but the South Korean liberals are I I have more respect for them than say an american liberal because like an american liberal will just do anything to own the bad orange man uh without any principles right um they will decry trump talking to dictators yet they will not bat an eye when we get our money we'll get our oil from saudi arabia which literally bombs children in yemen um like i it, so like uh, South like the liberalism that I'm referring to specifically is I think his refusal to uh, take greater action. Um, South Korean I, I guess liberalism the the huge uh, driving idea behind uh, liberalism is this idea of um, of uh, a government that uh, respects uh, that stays away from that tries to stay away from, you know, the personal affairs of, of its citizens, um, and, uh, emphasizes things like human rights and, and having a good working relationship with capitalist power, like with countries like the United States and the West. Um, and generally rely the liberal liberals, whether in the United States or in Korea, they rely on, they still rely on the free market for a lot of solutions to problems that exist today. And I think that that's a very limited way of looking at things. Like, I think I think we should not, like, for example, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the South Korean uh, government for various reasons. Uh, but if the South Korean government needs to step up and do certain things that uh, that other that the so-called free market or private citizens aren't willing to do, then I think they should definitely go ahead with it. Um, for example, uh, there's a cult called uh, Shincheonji. I think you are aware of how coronavirus spread in South Korea, right? Yeah, that, that, I think that, that was the church from kind of where you your family is. Is that the sort of that, that that's well, headquartered near there? My that, family, mm-hmm. Well, my family didn't come from that church, but they came from the city where it spread. Right, okay. Uh, but yeah, we like in terms of like Christianity, like we were all like mainline Protestants. These people, Shincheonji, these people are crazy. Um, actually, mm-hmm. uh, kind of and, cultish, and, right? Well, they think the they think their founder is like the second coming of Christ. So you can already tell that they're straight shooters, <laughs> right? Um, you know, uh, like it's it, yeah, it's uh, it, they're just uh, really grub-brained conservatives in Korea. But I I was you know talking to my dad the other day. Um, who is a fairly conservative guy, actually. I mean, he he's uh, pretty anti-communist. He doesn't. He believes in you know capitalism, and he loves the United States, and he tries to stay positive about world events. And I told him the other day, like, what you know, 
why don't we just send tanks into Shincheonji headquarters and just forcibly quarantine these people? Like, if they won't do it, then the government has to step in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and essentially, you the much of the response to coronavirus in South Korea came from an effective central government. Uh, you know, like a like a healthcare system. Uh, that people can actually afford to be a part of, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, an efficient an efficient system where you know you can go uh, drive in, get tested, and get the results texted to you within a few hours. Um, these are things. This is a step in the right direction, I of course, but I think think more more needs to be done, um, especially concerning. Uh, conservatives uh, concerning the wealth inequalities uh, concerning Chebol, the Chebols, which are like the conglomerates that run, that essentially run the country. Um, and, like we, there's a, a kind of brain rot that exists within uh, the United States, especially, but also in South Korea. This idea that you know we're so scared of communism that like anything the government does is equal to communism. It, any if you ever say that the government should do something for the public good. Or if you say that, you know, private citizens should, you know, coalesce around the public good, which, you know, people are going to be like, well, well, what counts as a public good? Well, I mean, well, look at the fucking virus. (laughs) Pardon my French, but look at the virus, right? Um, You know, there's a fear that, like, this kind of attitude is, like, a communist attitude. And I'm just like, are you that fucking insecure about yourself that, like, you think everything is, like, an attempt to slip communism into into the government like is yeah you know, I mean, like I mean, I mean i think i think that yes i think the answer is yes they are that insecure because i think that you know the as time goes on i think that there's less and less of a real political like um there there isn't in my opinion a real state-based perspective that says the state needs to cede ground to the private sector because that's the most efficient or whatever. Because if you really look into it, it's not that the state has ceded any ground. And taking the U.S. as an example, it's not like conservative presidents actually uh, shrink the federal government. They don't. They grow them. And I think that the only difference is we have the state apparatus. The question is who controls that state apparatus and for whose benefit? Oh, and so sure. all these things, That's... in my opinion, like, you know, as a concern, as when I deal with, when I'm looking at conservative think tanks and what they say about America, I'm like, yeah, but you've never, conservatives have never shown a track record of actually shrinking government and promoting true free market principles. And so it's often like arguing against the straw man because I'm like, you're not actually for a free market. What you're, I mean, what you're, what you're for is the private domination of the state apparatus. And I mean, essentially, these thing. people are libertarians. They're, they're, they're libertarians. They just want, they just want like America to be like Mad Max, but like with a little bit more order. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, conser- Like that's my big beef with conservatism is conservatives stand for absolutely nothing. Like these people have no principles they are not conserving anything like you know if you're a traditional person who wants to conserve something well what is it that the conservatives are trying to preserve you know um like they're useful you know, they're, idiots in my in my opinion i think they're being manipulated by like, the same you know private olig- you know sort of private oligarchy that i mean look at look at when trump got on that on that uh, in the Rose Garden on Friday, he had the CEOs of Quest Diagnostics and CVS. So like, and right yeah, now they're he talking show up about, about the stock market either. No, he won't. And that today he he went and is asking for eight hundred fifty billion dollars in stimulus, which the this is an aside. I'm sorry, but the you know the unions have picked up. <laughs> on and resisted saying i know what that stimulus is for it's to <laughs> it's to give the cash to the airline so they can buy their stocks it, it is a way they're looking for a way to prop up the stock market and the stimulus oh is yeah because there's be a, a lot of companies, companies that do. like don't have uh sorry there's a lot of companies that like don't have cash on hand right that's that's yeah. the reasoning behind the the stimulus which the is bullshit it's bullshit because the big the big economic question leading up to this period right prior to this crisis was what are the companies going to do with all that huge that huge cash hoard that they're sitting on? That well, was the big gonna... economic question. Is what are these companies going to do with all that excess cash? Like Apple with its like 
trillion dollars sitting in Ireland or whatever it is. Like, what are they going to do with all that cash? Because there's no investment opportunities. But now we're like, they're short on cash. Uh, it's all about stock price, right? I, I oh, think for that's, sure. That's kind of yeah. what's going on. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, it, like the conservatives, uh, they only focus on that. I was actually looking at... Uh, Charlie Kirk's Twitter. I mean, I swear to God, that guy's brain is as small as his face. But um, like, you you know, like he just wouldn't shut up about stock markets and also calling like Democrats the real homophobes. Like he was just like, yeah, well, why don't the Democrat retweet this? Because the Democrats don't want you to know that the stock market is up. Well, like, but like it's all over the fucking news. Like everyone has a everyone has a smartphone with an app. Where you can access stock prices, so I don't think like even if the Democrats want to hide that, they're not really there's nothing they can do about it. But like, yeah, like they're <coughs> focused uh, completely on the stock market, and um, I mean, it, it's definitely because they have you know interests that support them. I mean, it, it the same goes for like so many of these uh, Korea Watcher hacks uh, that we have on the media. Like, you don't think that you know Gordon Chang has some kind of uh, ulterior motive when he talks about korea and and why moon jane is somehow like the worst thing to ever happen since kim il song like come on i yeah he that guy is just a mouthpiece i mean i i just liken him to being some sort of like white nationalist or fascist carnival barker at this point and his only you know the only like comparative advantage that he has over all the other carnival barkers is his last name is chang you know and that that's about Uh, it yeah, I, I think we, uh, someday we should watch, like, the video where he talks about how he was, like, bullied and, like, just because <laughs> he, because I think he's, like, he has, like, a problem with his own identity. Like, he seems to just, like, not like being Chinese very much. Um, like, yeah. I, I don't know, like, he, I, I was looking at his tweets and, you know, he tweets nonstop about China and how, like, bad they are at handling coronavirus, but I haven't really seen anything, like, from him that talks about what Chinese people are doing to fight the coronavirus or how it's affecting Chinese people on the ground. Like, like you would think with a, a with something uh, like this pandemic, the first thing you would care more about is, you know, holy shit, are the people okay? But instead, he's just been, you know, constantly trying to make jabs at different people for uh, having a connection to China. He was blaming China for Italy getting uh, coronavirus cases. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 a, a, an actual journalist or, or you know, an actual intellectual would do that, but that's not his job. I mean, like I said, his job is is uh, as carnival barker. Um, yeah, I mean, his job is to drum up. I, I mean, I don't know how you what, what you're seeing out there, but in in my opinion, if you're if it, the writing's on the wall, that we're looking for. Uh, a major return to the confrontations in Asia that we had that we've had since like World War II. Like we want to oh, go for sure. We're, we want to go back to that era. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at Joe Biden's like platform on the Pacific, I mean, it's basically a boomer cope with the loss of Pax with the waning of Pax Americana. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that's one way to look at this whole like liberal versus like is a liberal more of a leftist or more of a reactionary? And yeah. you know, if yeah. I look at Obama and TPP, like that that was in its own way. And maybe in its more sophisticated and perhaps even more effective way, also a way to kind of return to the same kinds of antagonisms that Trump is bringing in a very sort of dumb way. But they were essentially <laughs> the same thing. It was kind of a, a similar thing, except that the liberals are better at, at, at managing international politics. They're better at hiding and, it. You know, yeah, they're, 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 they're better, they're better at, at maintain. You know, they're better at manipulating, I think... Um, Maybe that's the next question I want to ask you is how, what do you think of Trump and the effect that he's had on U.S.-Korea relations? Because it seems to me that Trump has re-energized across Asia uh, a renewed sense of yearning for independence from America because he's a fucking nightmare. And he just <laughs> he's just, you know, there's a there's an upside to him in a way to the extent that, you know, you are someone who supports um, the decoupling uh, or the, the remove the really the the. the the removing the sort of like oh like the overbearing presence of america in asia and it's and it's sort of like you know nearly century long attempt to control that area mm. and 
the way Trump has gone about it, the way that he's gone and alienated like our allies, including Japan, including South Korea, including you know up and down um, Asia, has in my mind really solidified and unified uh, the the idea that maybe America isn't such a you know. Uh, is not such a benevolent presence. Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, as for Trump, uh, like you know, when he started uh, off his presidency, there is the whole fire and fury uh, threats that he made towards North Korea, and Kim Jong Un called him a dotard, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and that was, I think, a very eye opening for so many Korean people across the political spectrum because it's like. Unless you're, like, some kind of rabid, like, uh, you know, some rabid uh, Korean war vet who, like, believes that we need to have a long march up north. Um, Like, unless you're one of those people, a lot of uh, Koreans were kind of unhinged, like, were kind of uh, unhinged by what Trump was doing. Um, But it's also really funny because Trump, like, flip-flops on practically every issue, um... So, like, he was suddenly trying to open things with Kim Jong-un and trying to meet with this guy and be friends with him and bring prosperity to North Korea. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah, I mean, how do I feel about Trump? It's it's complicated. I mean, this guy is an absolute dumbass. I, th- I Like, let, let's be real. Like, all these conservative MAGA people who are trying to cope uh, by saying he, with QAnon conspiracy theories and, and um, trust the plan and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I don't buy into any of that shit because he, he clearly doesn't really know what he's doing. Um, but at the same time, I, I have to agree with what you're saying. It's like, um, he's basically like the greatest red pill for or and black pill for any Asian, pro-Asian, pro-Korean like activist out there or any Korean person for that matter because he's basically saying what all these think tank people say deep down like uh what all these other think tank people and the what the democrats and the liberals say deep down i mean like for example when he referred to Haiti as a shithole country you don't think like Hillary Clinton the woman who basically sucked like whatever remaining money Haiti had dry with her grifting like you don't think she probably called Haiti a shithole country like behind closed doors? Like yeah, exa- you know? exactly, exactly. Look so at the he's essentially exposing. He's essentially exposing like the the real the true colors of the American uh, presence uh, around the world. Uh, but also the interesting thing is he's exposing the conservatives uh, because now the conservatives are in this weird conundrum where. Uh, they can't tell because in like Korean conservatism is like even dumber than American conservatism in my opinion because uh, these people just worship whatever America does. So for example, uh, a one hilarious uh, thing I like to bring up is uh, <clears throat> when Park Geun-hye, the previous president, the conservative one, the daughter of the uh, military leader, uh, military uh, dictator Park Chung-hee. When she was president, she actually blacklisted Bong, like her administration blacklisted Bong Juno, the director of Parasite, because he oh, was heard constantly about making, because yeah. he was constantly making these like based films about the like the the host was about um the the premise of the host was uh, an American do- military doctor ordered a Korean intern to dump a shitload of formaldehyde and a bunch of chemicals into the sink where it mixed with like the sewage and turned into a monster that like wreaks havoc across Seoul, uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, I think was another one that was like about like class struggle um, limited to like a train. It's kind of like train to Busan, but like communist, <laughs> like for lack of a better description. Uh, Okja was another one that was like about like the, the the agricultural industry, and so yeah, he was like blacklisted for making these socially conscious films. But then um, you know, fast forward to Parasite. Uh, you know, Bong Joon-ho receives Oscars and he's making the Oscars kiss on the camera, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> like that's so funny. Like Playing with dolls. Much, he's pretty much like the, 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 the archetypal Korean dad. I mean, like, that's the shit <laughs> oh, like yeah. a Korean dad would do. Uh-huh. Like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, let's make them popo. Like, what, are you kidding me? Like, that's, that's like what my dad would probably do if he won an Oscar. But as soon as that <laughs> happened, as soon as America started giving Bong Joon-ho this attention over over Parasite, 
the conservatives changed completely. They went 180. They were like, let's build a childhood museum to Bong Juno in his hometown in Daegu, which is like the cons- which is a very conservative. Uh, well, the city is like in a conservative stronghold um, because uh, the a lot of the South Korean presidents were born in the surrounding province. Uh, and so they were like, yeah, let's, uh, yeah, Bong Joon-ho is a hero now and blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, they, like, turn around and, like, talk trash on him because, like, Moon Jae-in brings him home. And, and, and you know, Bong Joon-ho is obviously trying to distract us from the real issues of conservatives being suppressed by the evil communist Moon Jae-in. Like, the, the fuck, you know? like Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, these people have nothing, no, like, they... I'm starting to believe that the South Korean conservatives think that the average uh, South Korean is stupid. And, you know, the the irony of Gordon Chang saying things like, oh, Moon, Moon Jae-in is... Uh, I'm trying to em- emulate his soy boy uh, voice, but... Oh, oh God, I, I've Moon never K- heard it, thank, thank God. But I uh, haven't heard it either. Actually, mm-hmm. it was really funny. Uh, CPAC, uh, the Conservative Political Action Conference, he, he had a speech, and he started uh, chanting... Stop Huawei, stop China, and he tried getting everyone to chant it. And holy fucking shit! Uh, excuse my French. I don't know if it's a family-friendly program, but uh, excuse it's my French. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank God. Um, <laughs> but uh, excuse my French. But it was the most low-energy chant I've ever heard in my life. I thought like like it made in terms of like energy, co- like the amount of energy it had, it made a Jeb Bush rally in 2016 look like a can of Bang or a can of Monster. Please, like, yeah, please, please, please chant, please. <laughs> <laughs> please clap. Please, pl- please, please chant. Stop Huawei. Stop China. I mean, he just looked like the mo- It was so sad. I was just like... Just say like no my- to the Mate 30 Pro. I, I, I can come up with better ones than that. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, like I wanted to buy a Huawei phone after that because I was like, whoa, like, dude, this is the most low energy shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, Wow, Tucker Carlson, you need to have some better, like, people to bring on than, like, this guy. Like, if you're going to bring Gordon Chang on, you should be clowning on him like you do with, like, Democrats or whatever. Or or Paul Singer or whoever. But, like, yeah, I mean, um, they had... Like Gordon Chang will uh, say things like, "Oh yeah, Moon is Moon is uh, uh, subverting our democracy and clamping down on because conser- by clamping down on conservatives and he's a, he's an agent of Kim Jong Un, blah blah blah, all this slanderous shit." He even called uh, Moon Jae-in a traitor, which is funny because Moon served in the special forces in the South Korean military, while Gordon Chang over here was sitting around, you know, predicting when China was going to collapse for the umpteenth time. Um, but. Uh, you know, they say that the liberals are trying to, the Korean liberals are trying to subvert democracy, yet, you know, the South Korean conservatives, they have, I think they have, like, I'm not a, like, criticize, I'm a critical of liberal, demo, liberal democracy, but um, if anything, I think the conservatives have the most disdain for the, for a liberal democratic system. I mean, they held up a dictatorships for years. Uh, where they refuse to grant you know democratic rights to uh, the citizens of South Korea, but on top of that, like it's just very clear that they just don't seem to think the average Korean voter is smart. Uh, just look at the uh, recent formation of this new party called the uh, in Korean it's called the Tonghap sorry the Tonghap Miredang. It means the United Future Party, and this is like another incarnation of the same conservative party that's existed for how long um the the conservative parties have constantly rebranded themselves because uh like over the years uh Pakunye's party was called the Senuri party um and then after Pakunye's fall and impeachment uh there was a split and there was uh, the the new predominant conservative faction renamed itself the Liberty Korea party um and, and then now they're renaming themselves the the Mide Tong, the United Future Party. It seems like their their um their way of reacting to the fact that their like ideas are that they're they're actual idiots and everyone's like seeing them for what they are. It seems like their solution is to just constantly change names. <laughs> like it's like the guy on Twitter who keeps getting banned and like keeps making new accounts under new names. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Like they're just changing their names. Um, like uh, and somehow they think that it's going to be a winning strategy. Um, and they're trying to capitalize on you know the frustrate the very real frustration that people have with uh, the Moon administration. 
um, they're cap they're trying to capitalize on that, but we'll see how it goes. Because I mean, I don't think they have nothing new to offer. They have nothing to offer. They're not conserving anything. You know, they, for, they tend to for be older. Is that is is yeah. the kind of view that I have of them? Is it tends to be a sort yeah. of older crowd and and yeah, the, they a lot the, of them tend to be. To have, like, grown up under the dictatorship, so they were, like, taught all these things in school. Um, mm-hmm. Like, during the Park Jung-hee era, they used to paint uh, Ban Gong, which, uh, I, like, I, I'm pretty sure it's, like, there's, like, an equivalent Chinese character to it, but, like, it means, like, anti-communism, Ban against Gong, like, Gong Sanjue communism. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would paint that on the walls of every school, um, including, like, the primary schools where, like, kids go. So, I mean, that's the kind of people you're dealing with. But it also includes, like, you know... I, I guess like it does include some younger folks who are who like are in the universities and stuff and and uh, don't really like um, Moon Jae-in very much um, to say the least. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think conservatism as an ideology it should be made irrelevant completely. And whatever Moon does, like if he if he is such an authoritarian like people claim he is. Well, he should do the base thing and just like completely shut down like the United Future Party for being like a, a sock a sock account basically for for, for, <laughs> yeah. for the Senwuri Party. Like, yeah. Spe- like, spe- speaking like, of getting like booted off Twitter and coming back, uh, wh- where's our where's our boy Shang Yu? Is he not just he's he's got booted oh, off he got, he booted got, off Twitter? He, he's he's pretty much he's pretty much gone. I mean, he's tried to make like new accounts. I actually uh, I, I actually talked to him from time to time. Um, uh, he actually got me like a cigarette from the DPRK, actually, which is oh, really nice. cool. But um, yeah. yeah, but uh, he he's been banned. Uh, he's he's on like Facebook and like Instagram, but he he's pretty much done with Twitter, I think, because they oh, just keep banning true. every incarnation of his uh, account, no matter how many times he changes the name. Um, that's, some, that's some fucked up but shit. But I mean, Twitter. yeah. But at the same time, I'm kind of jealous because it's like fuck Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so but what else? Idiots. What else? You know, what other platform is there really for this kind of discourse? I mean, that that is where political discourse takes place these days in America is on Twitter. Yeah, and it's very unfortunate because you just have a lot of uh, like, um, like just so cold, such like lukewarm takes from like people who probably eat paint chips all day. Like, I don't. Yeah, like, but don't it's such a good it's with... such a good place to dunk on people too, you know. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like, I I think I've mentioned this, but I've pretty much been trying to get everyone to dunk on Gordon Chang's tweets, especially when he talks about Korean issues. Yeah, and I'm waiting for the day where he like tries to make a poll because I'll just be like, all right, motherfuckers, get in here. We're ratioing this poll to hell. <laughs> like he's he's probably yeah. gonna like quarantine himself like afterwards, thinking like Twitter's been taken over by Chinese communists or something like. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, yeah. he's crossed the line, in my opinion, over to straight up being like a dangerous person because like this ramp up in uh, there's a there's a picture circulating right now about that that little that young boy that was like stabbed in the head. It's fucking awful. Like his head, his head is just straight up split Jesus. open. And Jesus um, fucking Christ. Like, this is the kind of thing that he's advocating for. You know what I mean? Like, the, these people aren't dumb. Like, they, they know exactly, like, that, you know, Asian Americans are going to be in the crosshairs for this kind of violence. They don't give oh, a fuck. Oh, for sure. I mean, he, he literally talks about being bullied, like, when he grew up as, a Chi- as someone of Chinese origin. Like, he, he talks about this in, like, an old video of his. And so that leads me and a lot of other people to believe that, you know, he has a lot of personal problems that he has to reckon with, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a terrible human being. Um, I like, he's not even hiding it as you said. And so like, usually my response every time he talks shit about Moon Jae-in is, uh, I, I tell people every time he posts about Moon Jae-in, just ask him in the reply, why do you hate Korean so much? What did we do to you? Did you like? Did you stub your toe at H Mart? Like, what the fuck's your problem? Like, <laughs> like, like listen. Like, I've gotten hurt at a Chinese like market before. It was my fault, but it was my fault. Okay, I, I like, I was goofing off with my friends, and we got shit happened, and we got kicked out. But you don't see me going around blaming Chinese people for for what's going on. Like, you don't see me, you know, talking shit about Chinese China all the time. Like. Wow, wow, what's what's your deal, man? Like, you, yeah. like, dude, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the H Mart people couldn't, like, you know, um, 
keep like I'm sorry like you slipped on a wet floor. I mean, you probably should have like read the wet floor sign, but like no, he <laughs> slipped and now he wants to blame Koreans for everything. Yeah, he's um, he's got some fucking issues that guy. But wow. Yeah. Um though, you know what? In a way, I'm I'm happy. Like my attitude these days is kind of how like I I'm happy that a lot of not that I would have wished for it and I would never have wished for Trump and I would have never wished for, you know, this stuff, but in a way, there is something relieving about the fact that it's all coming to a head and people are just taking the mask off now. Because then, like, so much of my frustration has to deal with the way people throw up obfuscations and lies and bullshit. Not even lies, bullshit. You know what I mean? Bullshit to just keep you off the, keep you out of the issue. Just just, just don't think about what really matters. Go go think about some fucking, you know, go, go watch some fucking TV or something like that. But now I think... It's it's just a situation where we get to at least see the full thing. Like Gordon Chang to me represents the f- total fruition, you know, the 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 final stage of the Asian American that's going to like be, you know, the useful idiot or the useful I mean, racial it won't be long launderer. before he it won't be long before he advocates like a final like you know you say he's the final this well it won't be long till he starts advocating for a final solution you know like yeah exactly and that you know he this is a man who used to be considered part of the legitimate China watching crowd that people took his work seriously we were just talking before the pod the man who's been predicting for every year since like 1998 that China was going to collapse. And in the meantime, the U.S. economy has collapsed like three times, right? Like, (laughs) this is a guy who is just complete, like, has finally been, he just had to take his mask off because his real masters, right, the people that are actually paying his checks are like, dude, you need to step it up. Like, we can't, you need to start, you you need to start, we need to take this moon guy down. Like, we need to start... We I mean, really it's really funny because it's it's such bad optics coming from him because he just he's just so mad all the time. He's like, he's he's pretty much like the epitome of like a angry boomer yelling at kids for for being on their phones type of guy. Yeah, except um, dangerous, except dangerous because he's yelling, like, he's yelling ex- at people except to go and worse, target Asian Americans, and he yeah, knows instead it. of instead of yelling about like iPhones, he's yelling about like gooks in his neighborhood. Like, yeah. <laughs> even though he's 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 Clayton Bigsby, but like. Asian. <laughs> He's like a mix between Clayton Bigsby and like um, Clint Eastwood from uh, Gran Torino. He's like that. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Fucking Christ! <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, oh, but at least, I mean, at least I we could, got him to dunk on. Him at least, see, you see what I'm saying? Like, at least we got a rim to play with. You know, we can just dunk on him now. Because um, before, a lot of this stuff was just hidden. Uh, and so, anyway, um, we're about an hour. Any, 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 any other things that are you working on? Anything? Are you, are you tweeting anything? Are you where do you, well, where do you want I'm people to tweeting. find you online? Well, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Reclaim Korea on Twitter. That's where I mainly do stuff. I'm trying to hopefully get more involved with podcasting and and other media initiatives. Um, so, by the way, sorry if I didn't sound like I was pr- super prepared when talking about certain uh, issues because I normally I would have like prep like ready oh uh, no no we're to... just we're just shooting the shit man it's all good oh okay sounds yeah. sounds about right yeah, <laughs> yeah no like these these conversations are definitely fun i i enjoy them but i'm trying to uh currently there are some exciting things that are happening actually so the first thing is there are some korean americans in the diaspora who are trying to start like an anti-imperialist like study reading group um and you know right now because everyone's kind of self-quarantining or whatever like this is the perfect time to really get to know like other korean americans on the on the interwebs who are passionate about these kind of political issues um but uh yeah um but so we're working on that uh we're we're trying to you know get uh korean americans to start reading wait oh uh yeah we're trying to get korean americans to start reading um specific texts about the united states korea relationship the history um the the true history of korea that you know our parents don't tell us because they don't they don't know because they were never taught that um and uh that's so that's something we've been working on so if you're a korean american um please re on twitter please reach out like this is definitely like an opportunity for you hopefully it'll branch out into more activities as time goes on such as irl activism and 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 i don't know like 
firing and stuff like that. Um, and, but in the meantime, you know, since I'm kind of in self-isolation because, like, my campus is completely, like, empty right now, um, I'll probably just be working on other projects. I'll be trying to start a podcast, maybe, like, a Reclaim Korea show or something, and I'll talk about, like, different... Uh, updates but we'll we'll see how that goes um definitely this is a great start to such a project so that's why i want to start by showing up on plan a first yeah that's I, i'm happy you um i'm happy you uh wanted to pop on i'm on your profile right now it looks like your dms are open and yes so they are so i'll, I'll you know um shin's uh twitter handle is in the show notes if you want to go find him on twitter and uh and start participating in that kind of organizing. I know Tim Tim Shorrock, for example, is on Twitter. He he had mentioned that there was a lot of Korean diaspora activity around a lot of the, um, you know, around, for example, that, that lawsuit that happened in South Korea recently over uh, the U.S. military uh, uh, comfort women. Uh, stations and all those things and oh yeah for sure yeah like um, there's just a yeah. lot of things going on and you can find a vo- I'm sure you can find a lot more information about that online and everyone should find each other so uh, yeah for sure definitely that. come find yeah. yeah definitely come find uh, come find me um, and yeah hopefully I'll start putting out episodes and I'll have prep ready for that so yeah great man Shin thanks a lot yeah. for coming on yeah, thanks so much for bringing me on here. I, I hope I can show up for more episodes and uh, get to know the rest of Plan A. It's, it's, for it's sure. been an honor being here.